Well, um, it is good to be here tonight to be able to share with you all. Um, the ongoing joke has been uh, possibly, Dr. Reggie, that maybe you have looked at the text that you wanted to assign to us and maybe maybe felt some type of way in your heart toward us and possibly given us uh, a text based on, based on that. And uh, for my sake, I was hoping not uh, because of the text that I was given to share on tonight, but um, you praying with me and calling me up is putting me at ease. And so I know uh, that there was no ill will uh, in, in being assigned this text. will be in James, of course, uh, chapter 4 uh, tonight. And we're going to be focusing on uh, verses uh, 11 and 12. James chapter 4. Uh, verses 11 and 12. If you have it, say, I got it. If you need a minute, say, wait. All right. We already know what book we're in, right? Okay, awesome. All right. <clears throat> I'm going to read from verse, uh, verse 11. It says, do not speak evil of one another, brethren. He who speaks evil of a brother and judges his brother speaks evil of the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who are you to judge another? Amen. I'll say that uh, my short time uh, here at Temple uh, has been amazing. Uh, the love, the support, and, I, and I've said this before, you all have heard me say this before, uh, that our family uh, has, felt, has been overwhelming. Just the love and the support and the candy that you guys give my kids <laughs> is a, both a blessing and a curse. Um, and, I, and I do think my kids love Miss Sally uh, and Jess more than, than me, but it's all right. Um, but, but, but I'll say this, one great thing uh, that I've been able to do since I've been here is really grab some good laughs uh, as I see several within our church family uh, just go back and forth on different things, you know, between the height jokes and the, the old age jokes and, and the jokes about dessert addictions and, and uh, some, some peculiar peculiarities here and there. Uh, I've, I've laughed from a really good place. And I believe, I fully believe somewhere in my heart, somewhere, that uh, it comes from a place of love. You know, some of you may disagree, but I, I think it comes from a place of love. And I, and I know it does because, um, because we're family and because we are a part of the body of Christ the last time I checked. Uh, which is why, you know, some of us may be scratching our heads when we read uh, James chapter 4. I don't know, maybe you might scratch your head um, as we're reading through uh, James's words to his Christian Jewish brothers and sisters about speaking evil of one another. Because believers, we don't speak evil of each other, do we? We don't, you know. I, I and I and I, I'm I'm wrestling with that myself. You know, how could people who uh, pray every day, several times a day, uh, read their Bibles every day, uh, sign up for volunteer opportunities uh, whenever they come up? Uh, go on mission trips and, and, and give sacrificially, you know, and I'm not just talking about our church. I'm talking about churches all over the world. How could a body of people uh, who, who function uh, in this way ever speak evil 
uh, of one another. It just does not make sense. Uh, but sadly, uh, it is the case. Uh, no matter who you are, uh, no matter where you worship, uh, no matter who you're connected to, uh, what your role is, I think we've all been tempted uh, to, to watch what we say uh, as it pertains to our relationships with our brothers uh, and our sisters in Christ. The first thing James tells us, he says, don't speak evil of one another, brethren. And when he says speak evil, that word there, uh, it really means to speak against. It really means to be uh, overly critical, to slander, or to defame. It speaks to a damaging or a tearing down uh, of one's character. And you may say, well, I've never, I've never, I've never had any language like that toward uh, any of my brother's or sisters in Christ. So I won't talk about you tonight, you know, whenever possible. And I use an example. I'm just going to use myself. Okay. So we'll still be friends, uh, after the message. All right. But there's so many reasons why, you know, we may, uh, speak harshly, you know, um, toward our brothers and sisters in Christ, maybe to them or maybe about them, you know, behind their backs, you know, um, again, you all don't do that. We're talking, we're talking about me. Um, but, but I tell you what, Sometimes, if you're like me, some people are just weird. You know, I'm weird to some people. And that may cause some people, you know, to, to say a few uh, harsh words about me. You know, sometimes I can be annoying. You'll ask my wife, okay, uh, I, can be, I can be very annoying sometimes. You know, maybe we encounter people who are mean uh, and just very, very surly, very, very nasty. Uh, those people... Um, tempt me more than others uh, to, 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 to share some harsh words to war. Or maybe, um, maybe you just have a difference uh, in opinion, a point of view, different worldview. Um, whatever the case may be, James is saying that we should not speak evil against one another. And he calls them brethren. I think he pushes his point by reminding them that they're family. I think we have to remember that we're family. It's our kinship in Christ uh, that's the key. Once we embrace, once we understand, once we know that we're all a part of the body of Christ, it's easier to deal with one another. You know, several weeks ago, uh, Mackenzie and Kingston, uh, they were fussing, I believe, over a toy or something of that nature in the kitchen. And I grew up in a dysfunctional family. I know many of you have not. Uh, <laughs> but I grew up in a dysfunctional family. And so uh, in my heart of hearts, my goal was that my children would always get along. Okay, that's kind of far-fetched to say always, okay? But, but you know, we can dream. And so my goal uh, it, it was that they would always get along, that they would grow up loving each other. People promised that, okay, you, you guys have had children so close together. They're about 14 months apart. So they're going to be very close when they grow up. I'm still holding you guys to that, those that have uh, shared that, that, that with us. But, but in my heart, I absolutely just hate uh, when they're at each other's throats. I mean, at three years old and at one uh, year old going on two years old, sometimes they can really be just downright mean to one another. And, uh, and Kenzie's pushing Kingston, and Kingston is raising his hand to hit her. And then I got that component I'm trying to teach him about putting his hands on his sister and how I'm going to have to wring his neck and things of that nature. <laughs> and so... And so, but it's, but it's, you know, and, and sometimes, you know, you laugh, but in that moment, in that particular moment, I was really discouraged. And I said, Kenzie, I said, you look at Kingston and you tell Kingston you love him. She said, no. 
and I said, Kingston, bruh, bruh, you look at Sissy and you tell her you're sorry and that you love her. He said, no. And he turned the other way. I said, okay. I said, I tell you what. So I got down on one knee and I held my arms out and they came in and we embraced and, and I tickled them and I kissed on them and I loved on them. And then I got up and then I said, okay, now you guys hug each other. And they turned and they hugged each other. And it was in that moment uh, that God allowed me to see uh, that this is what happens in the body of Christ. Sometimes we can be at odds with one another, but it's when we embrace each other in his love, uh, when we embrace each other, uh, realizing that we're kin in him, uh, that we can get past whatever it is uh, that we're dealing with. But, but it, it's very, it can be very tempting uh, to, to use wisdom in how we express ourselves uh, to and about our brothers and sisters in Christ. Again, I'm talking about me, though. Why is this important? James goes on to say, he who speaks evil of a brother and judges his brother speaks evil of the law and judges the law. James says that when we speak evil of one another, when we're overly critical, when we slander each other, when we defame each other, when we say things about each other that we know we should not say, it comes, it creates an air of judgment in our hearts. And, and, and it can lead to uh, a hypocrisy that's just, that's just not healthy. And he goes on to say when you do that uh, toward a brother or sister in Christ, that's what you're doing to the law. Now, imagine James uh, talking to a group of Jewish Christians, a, a group of people still wrestling with the fact that, hey, we're living in grace now. We're not we're not living in the shadow of the law, but we're living in the light of grace. That's 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 a tough pill to pill to swallow. You know, a group of people that that have to come to grips with the fact that, you know what, Jesus abolished the law because he fulfilled the law. So so we're we're under we're under this this new covenant. Now we're under a covenant of grace, you know. And so uh, I could imagine that that would be really, really tough for them to handle. And then on top of all of that, Jesus said, you know what, all of the law hang upon the fact that we need to love God and love people. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. On the, these two things, all of the law and the prophets, hang on those two commandments. So I can understand that when James writes to his fellow uh, Christian Jewish brothers and sisters, uh, that there might be uh, an eyebrow or two that might raise because he's saying when we don't love people, when we don't view people properly, when we don't respect people, when we don't speak about people and, and have in our hearts the posture toward people that God wants us to have, then we're not honoring his law the way we need to honor his law. And I can imagine that that would be tough, a tough pill for them to swallow. Because the truth of the matter is that as believers, um, our love for God and our love for people is not, it's not mutually exclusive. Sometimes we, 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 we think uh, that, you know, we can uh, honor God and love God and or we act as if we can honor God and and love God and give God all that we have uh, while we uh, treat our brothers and sisters in a way uh, that that dishonors him. And I, I've been guilty of that before in my life. I've been guilty of 
of, uh, of, of praising God uh, with, with, with my mouth, with my tongue, and, and cursing man. You know, I've, I've, been, I've been guilty of that, and, I, and, I've had to, and I've had to repent several times about that uh, because the truth of the matter is uh, I love the Lord. He's done some great things for me. Uh, but there's some really irritating people that <laughs> that I know. Uh, um, nobody in here. I'm just going self-preservation. Nobody in here. Um, but it's difficult sometimes. It's difficult because it's it's easy to to love a God that is faultless. It's easy to love a God um, when you know loves you with everything that He has. I mean, He loves us so much. Uh, that he gave his one and only son for us, sacrificed his one and only son for us, that just so that we could have a relationship with him. I can love a God like that. You know, it's this brother over here uh, that's a pain, uh, you know, a thorn in my side that I'm that I'm really struggling uh, to not to not give uh, two cents, give him a piece of my mind. But James says, you know what? That's connected. That's connected. We can't speak evil of our brothers and sisters and judge our brothers and sisters uh, while all while thinking that, you know what, we can, we can keep the law in the same regard in our hearts. It is, an, it is impossible. Our love, our love for people should, should flow uh, from our love uh, from, the, for, from the Lord, and our love from the Lord should be reflected in how we love people. It's all connected. It's all about God, and it's all about people. The, the, the mission of the church is to, the purpose of the church, rather, is to, is, to, is to bring God glory, to love God, to worship God, and to glorify him. Uh, the mission of the church is to make more people that love God, that worship him, and that glorify him. So it's all about God and people. You even see this illustrated in the cross, our vertical relationship and our horizontal relationship. There cannot be a disconnect between uh, how we view God and how we view people. In terms of in terms of our love. But James says, you know what, when you do um, when you do speak evil and you do judge your brother, um, you speak evil of the law uh, and you judge the law. You know, I found that it's real easy to uh, magnify uh, the faults of others while minimizing uh, our own. You know, I can I can look at you and I can quickly assess um, what's wrong with you? You know, it's not difficult. You know, several of my my friends, you know, have 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 been the recipient uh, of a mouthful from me, and and I just call them crazy because they are, you know. Uh, but upon further inspection, I have to admit that I am crazy as well, you know. Uh, and so, you know, my crazy might not be their crazy, but we're all crazy. I think we can say that. We 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 would all agree in this room that that we all have some problems, okay? And and so uh, it, it's not wise for us to speak against our brothers and sisters in Christ or to judge our brothers and sisters in Christ uh, because it's, it's not healthy. Where's James? Where's he going with this? James says, but if you judge the law, why is this important? He says, if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. What is he saying here? In order to understand what James is saying here, you have to go uh, to chapter 1 where he talks about being a hearer uh, and a doer of the law. Uh, if you go to chapter 1, verses, I believe it's verses 22 and 25, uh, James says, 
uh, a man who is just a hearer of the law. He says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Okay, he says, okay, when we're hearers only and we're not doers of the word, we deceive ourselves. What else does he say? He says, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. James says he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror, but goes away forgetting what he looks like. Whereas a doer uh, of the word is, is like a man who, who looks in the perfect law of liberty, who, who, who looks into God's word and continues in it. He comes away from it having a proper understanding and a view of who he is, including his shortcomings. So there's really no room uh, to be judgmental towards anybody else uh, if you are a doer of the word. The issue is just that we can't do both. We can't, we can't be judgmental. And we can't be doers. We have to choose. And that's why, uh, that's why that's significant. If we judge our brothers and sisters, we judge the law. And if we judge the law, we aren't doers of the law. It affects our ability to live the law. It affects our ability to live life in the way that God has called us to live life when we live in judgment of others. It's amazing um, um, in, in retrospect when I look back over my life and I think about all the times uh, I was so judgmental, you know, I was so judgmental and I was so prideful and I had to be, had to be humble. But it was real easy for me to point fingers and say, you know, um, look at what this person is doing. Uh, look at the decisions that this person is making. Uh, and I mean, I could just com be completely honest. Oh man, what a stupid thing to do. You know, just things like that. Very, very judgmental, uh, and, and a hypocritical posture. And, and, and all it took, uh, was for, uh, life to happen to me, uh, for me to realize that, you know what, maybe I was a little more critical, uh, of that person, uh, than I should have been. You know, it's really, uh, really easy uh, for us to uh, be uh, among a group of other believers uh, and to uh, be discussing another brother or sister in Christ and to kind of pinpoint and, and pick out and evaluate uh, where they're falling short. And, and we do it. And sometimes it does not uh, does not start off with with ill intentions, but, but there's a point sometimes in a conversation where the criticism goes from being constructive uh, criticism to destructive uh, criticism, and, and we have to be sensitive enough to the Holy Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to convict us when that conversation shifts. When we're part of conversations like that, uh, we have to have enough wherewithal, you know, to say, you know what, maybe, maybe we're being a little too, too, too hard on this particular person. And, and, and understanding that, that judgment uh, is not accountability. You know, I'll talk a little bit about that in a little while. But, but we're called to hold one another accountable. We're just not called uh, to judge, judge each other. James, he finishes in verse 12. I don't preach long at all, y'all. He finishes in verse 12 by saying there's one lawgiver 
who is able to save and to destroy. Who are you to judge another? There's one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who are you to judge another? When James is is writing here in verse 12, he's talking more about God's ability uh, and our inability. He's saying that, look, the the only person uh, that deserves to be on the judgment seat is God and God alone. He alone is able to save or to destroy We're so limited in our capacity that that we would not even know how to handle the office. You know, I was thinking about uh, the Supreme Court and those Supreme Court uh, justices and and, and everything that they have to do just to even be considered uh, to sit upon uh, that seat and to interpret the Constitution uh, for the betterment uh, of our nation. And it's such a, a prestigious office and an honor to hold. But but I couldn't just up and decide tomorrow that I, I think I'm going to serve on the Supreme Court. I think I'd be a little ill-equipped uh, to serve uh, on the Supreme Court to serve in that capacity. And not only that, I'm pretty sure uh, that no one that's holding an office uh, of a Supreme Court justice uh, has been convicted of any felonies as of late. I'm pretty sure uh, that none of them have been convicted or found guilty of murder uh, or embezzlement lately. I'm pretty, sh- I'm pretty sure um, because uh, otherwise we may have uh, sort of an uproar if we found out that, you know what, this person uh, that's, that's holding this office, this sacred office, this place of honor, this, this place whereby you are called to interpret uh, our Constitution, um, if, 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 if we found out they've been found guilty uh, of a crime of that magnitude, we would, we would think, you know what, uh, I, don't, I don't think you're the best person for the job. I don't think you're, the, you're qualified um, to, to, sit, to sit on this seat. Uh, but when we judge one another as believers, uh, that's exactly what we're doing. Uh, we walk up with handcuffs and, and we sit on the bench and we point and we judge uh, and we pass down uh, harsh words sometimes and we speak against our brothers or sisters in Christ being ill-equipped uh, to, handle, to handle that place, to handle that spot, to handle that seat. Uh, that is not a place for us. There's one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who are you to judge another? We have no place uh, judging our brothers or sisters in Christ. Uh, it's our responsibility to hold one another accountable, but it is not for us to judge others. We should hold each other accountable with God's word, which is a discerner of thoughts and intentions of the heart, but it is not for us to judge. You know, um, Prior to Jesus uh, being betrayed and and turned over to be crucified, uh, he prayed, uh, and he prayed for three things. He prayed for himself, uh, he prayed for his disciples, and he prayed for us. He prayed for future believers, Uh, and his prayer uh, was that we would be one. He said, Lord, he said, I pray uh, like you and I are one, uh, that they would be one. I'm in you and you're in me. I pray that they would be in us, and I pray that they would be one. And what was really cool is that on the end of that prayer, he said, and their oneness um, would be the sign to the world that you sent me. And I thought about that, and I realized, I said, man, you know, 
we can set an atmosphere for evangelism just by loving each other, just by loving each other. Wouldn't it be cool if, if uh, there were no believers who, who spoke against uh, anyone else, especially those in the family of faith, but anyone else? What a sign, what a testament that would be to the world uh, that God the Father sent Jesus that was always the issue. We don't debate over whether or not Jesus existed. That is proven historically that he existed. Where people struggle is embracing the fact that he is truly the son of God, equal with God, and has been sent by God uh, to die for us, to reconcile and redeem us to the Father. That has always been uh, the tough pill for people to swallow. But it's amazing that Jesus mentions that, you know what? Your oneness in me is a sign to the world that God sent me. Church, if we, ever, if we ever get the magnitude of how awesome this is, and, and regardless of ethnicity, regardless of culture, regardless of uh, political view or standpoint, if believers just ever came together, and we don't have to get along to go along, we're going to have differences we're going to have differences, you know. Um, we, we have some pretty, some pretty weird, weird, weird people in the body, body of Christ, you know. Uh, there are things that you may eat that I won't eat, you know. Uh, things that you may do that I could care less about. Uh, even, even my wife and I, we have a, a, a significant difference in the type of movies uh, that we like to watch. Um, and I just personally, I feel that uh, if we fall asleep, if you fall asleep on the movie that you have selected, your movie picking privileges should be revoked. Uh, you know, so there's some differences. There's some differences there. You know, I like action packed movies. Um, she likes lifetime movies. You know, there's some there's some differences there. Uh, there's some differences in taste and uh, in music and different things of that nature. So we're all different. Uh, but that's, that's, uh, that's what strengthens our testimony in Christ is that we're different, but we're together. You know, we're different, but we're together. And so my hope and my prayer is that, is that going forward, and again, I hadn't been talking about you. I've been talking about me, right? So, so, so going forward, my hope and my prayer is that we would be sensitive uh, to the Holy Spirit when he's, when, he's nudging, when he's nudging our hearts and he's saying, hey, I think this conversation has taken a turn for the worse. You may want to may backpedal out, out this conversation or you may want to may come back and, and, and say a few words to, to explain to the group that, you know what, maybe we shouldn't be talking about this person in this life. Or maybe you want to be real, really radical and really extreme and go to that person and say, you know what, man, I said some really just some really bad things about you the other day. I've done that before and uh, had somebody look at, look at me like I was crazy. I said, you know, I said some really bad things about you the other day. What did you say? That's not really important. Just know that, that the Lord impressed upon my heart that I needed to come and I needed to have a conversation with you and talk with you about it. And I just didn't want there to, there to be anything uh, in between us because I don't think, you know, and, and, and hear, hear my heart, y'all. I've never prayed that somebody would get hit by a car or anything like that. Um, but there have been times when I've spoken against um, uh, someone's ability uh, to be who God has called them to be. 
oh, you know, he'll never be able to, he'll never be able to do that until he starts making these kind of decisions and doing this and doing that. He'll never be able to do this. He'll never be able to do that. And I'm speaking, I'm speaking against who God is calling them to be. I'm speaking against their potential. Uh, and, and that's wrong. That's wrong. So as we pray uh, tonight, uh, again, my hope and prayer is that we would be challenged going forward and that it would even bring uh, a greater sense of unity uh, to our church family uh, and even to other uh, relationships that you may have with other believers uh, in, in, in uh, worship uh, organ- in other churches uh, in our community. All right. So so let's pray today. Father, um, you are sovereign. You are supreme, God, and we acknowledge um, that you and you alone um, are to hold the place of judgment. Father, help us to be reminded uh, that you have given us the responsibility to hold one another accountable, but we must do so in love. Father, if there's anyone in this place that uh, has been struggling with Uh, speaking against their brother or their sister in Christ, I pray uh, that there would be no condemnation, but there would be a conviction to bring about a change in their lives. God, I pray that the words of our mouths and the meditation of our hearts would be acceptable in your sight. I pray that we would even bless you with the fruit of our lips and that we would not use uh, our tongues to, to praise you and to curse our, our brothers and sisters in Christ, but that um, we would glorify you uh, with our lives and uh, in all that we do. So, Father, we thank you uh, for the opportunity uh, to be witnesses for you, to be living epistles, read of men. May our testimony bring you glory. May we live lives worthy of the calling that we have received. And may we be unified in you as believers in your body. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.